Welcome to Whitestone Podcast from the Whitestone Forum. This podcast is for business and nonprofit leaders like you and me, specifically designed around building, polishing, and leveraging our competencies. Each episode will provide a lens through which ever-growing citizens of God's kingdom can think about very effectively impacting every one of their organizations. For Whitestone Podcast, I'm Kevin Miller. There was one specific phrase drilled into a generation of millions of American kids for several decades. No, it's not just do it. That's Nike's slogan. Looking back, we're talking about the era when American kids were not driven everywhere by their parents. This was a time of long summer nights where kids in many an American neighborhood rode their bikes everywhere, often for hours on end and with little to no direct supervision. And kids walked for blocks, both to and from school, every day. This was not a fear-driven era about lots of kids going missing, except maybe a couple skipping school for the day. Wow, that seems a much more innocent and far less wealthy time. But one of the perceived childhood risks back then was getting run over by a train or a truck when walking or riding bikes. I know this sounds a bit petty in today's context, but it was such a big deal that parents, school principals, and police officers made sure every kid knew the rule. Stop. Look. Listen. That's it. Stop completely. Look both ways. Listen for train whistles or vehicles horns honking. Only then can you proceed safely. Yep. Stop. Look. Listen. One theory is that this phrase took root when a train conductor coined it many decades ago. And that makes sense for trains, because conductors would always blow the train's whistle when approaching a road crossing or intersection. Stop. Look. Listen. That training saved many a tragedy from happening. And for us, stop. Look. Listen is a really key idea for the stewardship of all of our organizations. That's because it's a great exercise in situational awareness. If you look up situational awareness on the web, the technical description is so geeky, I'm not going there. How about a much clearer alternative? Knowing what's going on around us. Except I'm going to add a word. Knowing what's really going on around us. You see, the problem is so much of what we know simply isn't true. We are fed so many myths, legacies, and wrong opinions, each typically presented as having the greatest weight. Or we absorb many facts that are out of context. Or a radically changing landscape like technology renders what was true just a few months ago irrelevant now. And the information overload nowadays is just astounding. Metaphorically speaking, in response, many who crave stability or just a break from all that blizzard of data and opinions simply want to bury their heads under a pillow. But they are worse off for that response. Much worse. You might want to go and listen to one of my earlier podcasts about being a knowledge worker. Let me tell you, I speak relentlessly on this necessity to college students. They must first develop a mindset and then a practice 
of being a top knowledge worker to thrive or even survive in the future. I tell them that my students who graduated 20 years ago are thinking they've got it all nailed. But then, wham, along comes a sweeping new technology or an inventor's innovation that changes their company, their job description, maybe even their career. The people who are often most vulnerable are those who think they have built a personal moat to protect themselves, and that they're pretty much invulnerable. Watch out. So, to be a great steward of both your career and your workplace organization, you must develop an ongoing mindset with regard to research itself, that is, stop, look, listen. That's because what you think doesn't even need to be researched is vulnerable. Yes, we are now in the stop dimension. Stop. Take a step back and go look at the latest developments in your field, and especially even go beyond your field. Let's say you're not in retail at a workplace like Nordstrom's or Macy's, and you think to yourself, well, at least I don't have to worry about Amazon. But of course you actually do, because what Amazon represents is dramatically broader. It represents successful platform thinking. Platforms focusing on different economic sectors include Google, Microsoft, and Apple. In short, yes, the most valuable companies on the planet over the past several years. And of course, we know that as believers, that the reason the kingdom of God has been so successful, especially over the past century or so, is that a relatively small group of Christians started actually acting like the kingdom is the platform with a worldwide mandate that it is. And now the market result of the kingdom's increase is a robust hundreds of millions of people. So, stop right now for just a bit with your grand plans, your workplace's strategic plan, your career goals. In this era, when every day seems to bring big change, we must stop and re-challenge our direction. Then what's next? The second step, it's to look intentionally actually to look with wisdom, to discern actual reality, you'll find that some enterprises are succeeding and some enterprises are failing. And too many naive people think their enterprise is succeeding when it's actually failing. Tell me, say in the year 2005, if we were to look for a glimpse into the future of success in the auto industry, would the more enlightened place be Detroit or Silicon Valley? Of course, we now know the answer was Elon Musk and Tesla in Silicon Valley. But is that where the vast majority of people were looking for the roots of future success in 2005? Of course not. But now the successful industry migration to electric is being led by Tesla. But looking astutely doesn't always have to entail finding that radical of a change. Sam Walton of Walmart simply cared more deeply than countless other small business owners across America about delivering low-cost household goods to Americans. Yet, as he succeeded, many of those store owners in towns across America complained bitterly about Sam, quote, destroying Main Street, unquote, when Walmart hit town, which of course simply meant hurting local merchants. 
<laughs> but the reality was this. The local neighbors of these store owners voted with their pocketbooks, sending the unmistakable signal that Sam was a better steward of their money than local store owners were. Sadly, those store owners just didn't want to look. They simply didn't want to look both at Sam Walton and at themselves. And they didn't have the ambition, the desire, to be a better steward than Sam Walton for their local neighbors who they bowled with every Saturday. So then, effective looking is actually an affair of the heart. If you don't truly desire to be a better steward for your workplace owners and your customers as compared to your current or up-and-coming competitors, then you simply won't be looking to become better at providing the best goods and services in your specific marketplace. Are you relentlessly curious, always looking to be the best steward for everyone God connects you with? If that's you, then your current standing for future success is a strong foundation. Then it's about listen. And it's last for a reason here. That's because you should listen only after what you're researching has passed the look test. Time and again, I have found that carefully listening to people, but then casually relying on what's been said without testing it, is a risky approach. That's true for several reasons. First, people talking often tend to exaggerate the scope, the depth, and the success of their endeavors. Second, sad to say, executives and managers often don't really know what's going on regarding the customer-facing details of their enterprise. So when you talk to them, their information is often unreliable. The funny thing is, customer-facing personnel often take the flawed customer-facing processes that are designed by top management and create workarounds that they simply don't tell management about. <laughs> That's why you go look. Then you go listen to the customer-facing person about why they're doing it that way. And no surprise, sometimes their workarounds are working, and sometimes they're not. Yes, look, then listen, where the task is actually being done. That requires digging and acumen. When it's working best for an enterprise, you don't really have to interview leadership to discern customer-facing success. Do you need to talk to leaders at Chick-fil-A to see if they're having success? No workarounds are happening there. Chick-fil-A's service levels everywhere are virtually the same consistency. Great service and the accompanying mantra rings out at every location. My pleasure. <laughs> but there's another group of folks who are crucial to the practice of stop, look, listen. The target market. Here's an example where a grand plan may not always be working. When you listen to folks in your community, have they heard about Jesus from local Christians? Or have they heard condemnation? You see, good listening isn't just about hearing from employees. It's also about listening to the target market. Here's the deal. 
This is about situational awareness that's key to success, knowing what's really going on around us. That helps us be the best stewards we can be. So stop. Then look for worthy targets to learn from and go listen to the people who really can help get you to the next level. So stop, look, listen. If you don't do so, your emerging competitor, the innovator, the entrepreneur, like Tesla, Walmart, or Chick-fil-A, just may be the train you didn't see coming. Do you hear that whistle blowing? Stop, look, listen. Thank you for listening to Whitestone Podcast. Visit our website, whitestone.org, for more real-world equipping. There you'll find uncommon video teachings, application and action questions for this podcast episode, and more. Also, check out our unique downloadable resources for group meetups. That's whitestone.org. I'm Kevin Miller.